My guest today is a great keyboard player known for his work with Dream Theater, Black Country Communion, and a successful solo career. He has a brand new band called Sons of Apollo. I'm pleased to welcome Derek Sherinian. Hey, Roy. How you doing? I'm good, man. Pleasure to finally speak with you, man. I've been a big fan for, God, you know, 20-some-odd years, like most people that, that know your work. And uh, love love the new album. Congratulations on that. I know you've been doing... Thanks. About a hundred interviews in the last two weeks. I don't know what I could possibly ask you that you haven't answered already. But uh, that's all right. How's the excitement uh, been so far around this whole thing? Well, I'll tell you, uh, I've done about five hundred interviews <laughs> since we started this campaign, and yeah. the enthusiasm from all the journalists around the world have been the same. You can hear it in their voices. You can see it in their eyes. Everyone knows that this record is a masterpiece, and everyone is totally pumped about it and there's an energy that's permeating all around the world for sons of apollo and uh, are you feeling it i am listen i i had the uh, the luck of hearing it a while back and it's a type of music the way you guys do it particularly that just i uh, all i could say was i hadn't heard anything like this in such a long time and it was missing. you've never heard it you've, you've never heard anything like it because yeah. roy there this band is like the Marvel superheroes. Every <laughs> member of this band has a, a distinct sound and style on their instrument, and everyone is at the top of their their game and the top of their field. And this band, in addition to the uh, the ability, it has an octopus pedigree. You know, this band has run out of arms to list all the major credits for everyone in sure. this band, and that really is deep and rich, uh, like a Yorkshire pudding in our sound. <laughs> and it's just something you can't uh, you can't download an app for that. You either have no, that pedigree true. or you don't. And so I think Sons of Apollo is the perfect mix of rock and roll swagger and virtuosity, and that's what makes us uh, what separates us from the pack. You know, I know you and Mike had been together uh, doing the PSMS and and talking about doing a band for a long time, and finally when it happened, you start working on it. I know you envisioned it to be a certain way. How? close or different is the final result for you it, it turned out something completely different and beyond our expectations you know we thought it was going to be more prog metal like we did in dream theater but once we started writing and once bumblefoot got in the mix all of our classic rock and hard rock influences took the forefront and the virtuosity ended up being the icing on the cake so i think throughout the course of the making of Psychotic Symphony, Mike and I mastered the art of strategic wankery. The virtuosity <laughs> never gets in the way of the composition and the great songwriting. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. And that's a good, that's the perfect way to describe it. You um, can hashtag, hashtag strategic wankery. <laughs> that's right. So look, the first thing that, that I heard, like every, uh, well, when I put on the album, Hearing God of the Sun, uh, that blew me away. That, that, might be my favorite song on the record. It's so massive. Um, I know that was one of your ideas that you brought. How much of it evolved from when the guys got a hold of it and, and took your idea and, and sort of ran with it? Well, the, that was one of the very first things that I turned into Mike as I was demoing it, and it was 11 minutes, a trilogy, and Mike heard it immediately and said, this is perfect as it is, don't touch it and this is what's going to open up the record. I go, Mike, it's just the demo. He goes, I already know it. <laughs> and so, and he was right. And sure, sure as shit, there it is, right at the front of the record in the 11-minute trilogy. But to Mike's credit, who else would have the balls to open up a record 
with an 11 minute song. Yeah. No, you I know, mean, I, it's, it's a lot of courage. And so a lot of people are questioning, oh, are they prog metal? Because some of the singles that they've heard sound more straight ahead. But I'll say this. Uh, who else would open up with an 11-minute trilogy? And also, the prog metal and and virtuoso moments on this record are sick. And so this record is the perfect balance of the great songs and the virtuosity, and there's enough, there's something for everyone on here. Uh, agreed, 100%. You also have this insane instrumental that closes the album, which also is a, a different approach uh, to end a record on something like that. But in this album, it is the perfect way to end it. How much work went into that one? How many changes? How many songwriting sort of uh, taking it apart and adding things went into the instrumental? Well, in Opus Maximus, we wrote that song uh, part by part. The very intro and outro are something that I came up with and brought in. And then Bumblefoot came up with the next guitar riff. And then Mike was kind of orchestrating that whole song and, and navigating the direction and the sections. And we just really wrote as a stream of consciousness process for that song. And it just went on this journey that ended up coming back home to that initial riff. And it's a, it, it really is a sick piece of music. It's going to be a lot of fun to, to learn that and play it live. How much has changed since you last worked with Mike when you first started working on this album? Was it different uh, between the two of you dynamically? Not in a bad way, just different approach and how you guys have matured and learned how to songwrite? Yeah, I think that we both have learned a lot in the last 20 years and we both have made a lot of records in that period. And just coming together, it's still the same spirit and same uh, common taste that brought us together in the first place. But now it's, you know, we're both, you know, 20 years, we're 50 year old men now. And so we were both a lot more experienced musically and, and in life. And it was, uh, it was great. It was a really great team work producing, co-producing this record with Mike. Is it, is it more relaxing in a sense because you have that sort of, uh, Hey, we've accomplished a lot. We, we know what we're doing now or, or maybe more pressure. Oh, no, yeah. absolutely. We totally know what we're doing. We don't need some, uh, we don't need some outside producer coming in and and telling us what to do. You know, we know how we want to sound. We know how to get those great sounds to uh, to tape, and we know how to to uh, to run the show. And I think that we both complement each other. We both respect each other enough where if he's really passionate about a certain point. I'll take a step back and go, you know what? You seem to see, maybe you hear something that I don't, I'll go with your instinct and vice versa. You know, he'll do the same thing with me. So we both have a trust and respect that really works well in our, uh, our partnership. Well, you, you know what else is, is unique with, with your playing style? You have a unique, for sure, style and a unique sound, especially this one sort of, I know how you describe it. I don't want to describe it wrong, but people know what I'm talking about, that sort of distorted keyboard sound that you use a lot. Um, you know, how much time goes in, do you take into, uh, you know, which gear you're using, maybe implementing some new things for a new project or, or not, or trying different things? How much do you play around with, with your, I guess, sounds? I don't really. I mean, I have my primary colors, like I'm Hammond B3, piano, electric piano, whether it's a Rhodes or Whirly, 
and then I have all my analog synths, whether it's my uh, memory mode poly or Prophet 5, OB8, all of them have different characteristics. So I hear a song or I write a, and all of a sudden, I, or immediately, I just start casting the, uh, the parts and the instruments like a movie director, like he's filling out the cast for a movie. I hear it all and I see it all instantaneously. Now, the good thing about my studio is I have almost one of everything on my wall or, or on the floor keyboard wise. So yeah. I'm pretty much only limited by my imagination. But um, I'm pretty old school. I don't use any MIDI. I don't use, uh, you know, any apps or iPads when I record. Everything is real instruments and played live. There's no sequencing or or quantizing. Yeah. You know, everything is on there is really honest, you know, mistakes and all. But it's a, it's a real instrument and real playing. No, that's that's the best way to do it, man. Um, speaking of 20 years, you know, 20 years since falling into infinity just happened. Um, yeah. You know, looking back on that album, I mean, what? How do you look back on it now, and 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 what do you remember from from that period making making the record? Well, I think the band was challenged uh, in that the record company was dictating it to be a certain way. So, in all fairness to the band, I think that we dealt with it, you know, the best as possible. But I think I'm proud of the fact that two of the standout moments on that record, and this is general consensus of most of the Dream Theater fans, is that Lines in the Sand and Hell's Kitchen are two songs that really stood the test of time, and I'm uh, primarily responsible for those two songs. You also have another album that just came out, Black Country Communion. What's going on there? How's that album well, being received? And... That's another, my, my, other, my other little side project. You know, I'll say that I feel very blessed to be working in uh, not one, but two super groups and to be surrounded with all these amazing, you know, musicians such as Glenn Hughes, Joe Bonamassa, Jason Bonham, and all the uh, Sons of Apollo guys. All of these people are at the very top of their instrument, and I feel privileged to be uh, working with these. What's going on now with Sons of Apollo in terms of, of getting ready for a tour? Um, how close are you guys to announcing any dates, any rehearsing being done yet? We'll be announcing dates probably in the next couple of weeks. Uh, a full U.S. and world tour, or a full world tour is being scheduled for 2018. And you can see all of our tour movements on sonsofapollo.com or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We have constant updates and info. So... We will be announcing pretty soon. You have the one album, and he talks about what you guys might do in addition to that when you guys play? Uh, there's been some talk. We haven't made any decisions yet, but there's going to be a lot of solo spots on uh, from all the instrumentalists. So uh, hopefully there'll be room for some songs. I know my solo is <laughs> going to be about 45 minutes, and I think Portnoy's comes in at 50. So Perfect. Just the way, just the way Prague fans like it. Um, well, cool, man. Listen, I know you've done a lot of these. I know I'm catching you towards the end of the run here, so I appreciate you uh, squeezing in. Oh, one whatever more. you need. If you have more questions, let's get it done. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, listen, everybody's gonna love the album. I've been listening to it like crazy. It's phenomenal. And uh, thank you, Roy. I, Please tell all your tell all your friends and turn them on to it. Absolutely, and I will hopefully see you on the uh, the premiere of the band on the uh, the cruise to the edge. You're looking forward to that as well. Okay, great. Thank you, Will. I'll talk to you later. All right, man. Bye. Bye. Thanks to Derek for the interview. We're going to close with a track off of the debut album. This is Coming Home. 
For upcoming news and interviews, please check theprogreport.com, follow us on Facebook, at The Prog Report on Twitter, or download the podcast on iTunes. Thanks.